Good morning. You know what? That's what I have to do sometimes too. Listen over and over. Good morning. Sorry I'm late. I had the curse of too much time. <clears throat> That's what I do. When I have too much time, when I have too much time, I seem to take more time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, I've got plenty of time. And I go into slow gear. Yeah, yeah. Then you're all of a sudden, I'm like, what time is it? So I have to repent for breaking every traffic law to get here. I only shaved two minutes off, though, so I don't know if it's worth it. I was like, Lord, please don't let me get a ticket. Lord, please don't let me get a ticket. Just this once. I'll never do it again. Yeah. So when I see him get pulled over, he goes, "Hey, I wasn't driving. Car was." Oh, get, get an automatic driver. Yeah. I'm sure that'll work. I'm sure that'll work. I'm sure that'll work. We'll get started this morning, and I've got a, a handout I'm going to give you at the end. I've I've done. I don't know how. Oh, Mike did a good job. It doesn't look too daunting. Um, you can take it now or later, either one. You may not be a person who's interested in notes, and you may be a note taker. This will give you, these are ultimately my notes on this, and it's chapters 1 through 6 of Revelation. Yeah, you can. You can go pass them out. I have all the way up, I've done notes all the way up to chapter 19-ish, and so I won't give them to you all at once because for fear that it will just be like, I got a credit card application in the mail yesterday, and you undid it, and it was like all this tiny four-point font, both sides. You know, it was like a, and and so my daughter, my granddaughter Violet, opened it up. She said, "Nani, what is this?" And I, oh, it was long. I mean, it was long. And I opened it up, and it had this tiny writing. I said, "This is Santa's naughty and nice list." <laughs> and I said, "What?" And I went. I looked, and I went. Oh, Violet Holland, undecided. So, well, she marked on my chair. Then I told her, I said, that's it. You've been moved to the naughty list. Yeah, I know. Aren't you glad I'm not your grandmother? Okay, that's right, yeah. So we're going to get started this morning. We're going to turn to Revelation. We're going to jump headlong into Revelation. And um, if I say anything that confuses you, I'm sorry. I'm probably confused myself. No, you can ask questions. Stop me. Stop me anytime. Go, wait just a second. I don't understand. Say that again. I don't understand what you just said because I don't know when I say something that is cloudy because in my mind, it all seems clear as day. You know what I mean? But you may hear something and go, I didn't get that. Don't be afraid to stop me and go, what did you just say? Say that again. Explain that. That is, I, I would love for you to do that because that way I know. I want us all to be kind of tracking together because we all know the, the information in Revelation can be highly controversial and it can also be quite confusing or cloudy, right? There's just so many things. And so as we get started today, I'm going to start, and this is not in your notes, but I, I just feel like I'm supposed to start at Revelation 22. How many of you know that when you get to the end of something, that kind of helps you go back and understand where you're at at the beginning. So I just want to start by reading a few verses out of Revelation chapter 22. I mean, you've all heard the statement, I read the back of the book and we win. Here it is. We're going to start with the win and then we're going to work our way back with that in context. Okay, so let's go. Revelation 22 and verse 6. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. Adonai, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel 
to show his servants what must happen soon. Don't get hung up on soon. Soon, I've said before, heavenly time, eternal time, it looks a lot different than earthly time. Behold, I am coming. So who's speaking right now? There we go. How fortunate is the one who keeps the words of this prophecy of this book. I, John, now John's talking. I, John, am the one hearing and seeing these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel showing me these things. So there's an angel there and, there's a, and Jesus is there, right? But he tells me, see that you do not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, brothers, the prophets, and those keeping the words of this book worship God. Then worship God, he says. Then he tells me, do not seal up. Okay, are you ready? Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book. For the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil. And the filthy still be filthy. And the righteous still do righteousness. And the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon. And my reward is with me to pay back each according to his deeds. Just keep on doing what you're doing. You don't need to worry about injustice that has been perpetrated against you in your life. You know what I'm saying? How many of us have had injustice done to us and it wasn't fair and it wasn't right? You've, that's welcome to the human race. How many people, how many of those same people, no, no abusing spouses here, how many of those same people, those same people, it has become a complete place to stop in their walk because they can't deal with the injustice of a thing. I mean, they're mad at church, they're mad at God, they're mad at spouses, they're mad at men, they're mad at women, they're mad at governments, right? See, this is not what this book is telling us. He's saying there's some things you can't fix on this side of eternity. There's some things you're just going to have to leave it in the hands of God. Because for you to continually take it and to continually own it as your own is to wreck your own life. So let's just stop. Let's just know that right there. That was all free. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. How fortunate are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life. How are you going to wash your robes? In the blood of the lamb. And may enter through the gates into the city. Outside of the dogs and the sorcerers. Dogs is a word, not for four-legged creatures, but for those who are not inside covenant. And the sexually immoral and the murderers and the evildoers and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify these things to you for my communities, for my churches. 
I have sent these things to testify to you for my churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. Look, what is he? Wait just a second. What are you? You're the root and the offspring? That's another way to say Alpha and Omega. But, in, but see, Alpha and Omega encompasses the whole world, doesn't it? The beginning and the end of the whole world. When he says, I am the root and the offspring of David, who are we talking about? Israel. We're talking about the covenant people that the Bible is addressing. I am the root, the beginning, and the offshoot, which is the one who will sit on the throne of David eternally that was prophesied. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty Come, let the one who, w- who wishes freely take the water of life. The choice is yours. But this is what I wanted to point out to you. I, Yeshua, have sent my angel to testify these things to you for my communities, for my churches. This is a letter, if we go now, to Revelation 1. And we see that... The revelation of Yeshua the Messiah, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place and make known by sending his angels to his servant John. Who did the revelation come from? First line. Read it again. Which God gave his son. John 15 and 15 says this, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends because a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I call you friends because I will reveal what I, whatever the father has given me, I give it to you. Who gave this revelation? God. This is the summing up of all things, but it is called the revelation of Jesus. The word, that's where we get the word apocalypsis. Revelation is apocalypsis. It is the unveiling of Jesus. So Jesus came the first time and only a few shepherds were the ones who got to give witness to it, and a few wise men, right? There was a cosmic sign. What was it? A star, the star of Bethlehem. That star appeared in the sky for months, maybe a year. I don't know how long it was there. It was long enough for the wise men to journey from the east, the far east, to the near east, to visit Jesus, it probably was not in Bethlehem that night. We squashed it all together in our, our plays, but it was later on. We don't know if there was three. There was probably 12. They wouldn't have traveled in three with those kind of wealth. We just have three gifts. Those gifts would have been enough money to completely fund the raising of Jesus his entire life. Isn't that interesting? But see, you may ask the question, how did these white, they're not even Jewish people. How did these wise men get this information? You ever thought about that? Ah, where'd they come from? Where'd they come from? They came from Babylon. 
who lived in Babylon and was chief of the musicians and the, of the magicians and the wise men and all of the necromancers and all of the, the people who were in charge of spiritualism in Babylon. Who was the chief guy in charge of all that? Daniel. Who got the revelation of the end time events? Who knew? Who see? They are fought. Isn't that not mind blowing to you? They are following the prophecies of Daniel when he was in Babylon, and Babylon. The wise men from Babylon are following the star that Daniel taught, and that they are showing up. They talk to Herod, which would be common because he's the king of Israel at the time. These men are VIPs. And so it would be known when an entourage of this type was coming into his nation. So he stops by to talk to Herod. He's like, you're going to worship the king? Interesting. I happen to be the king and I too want to worship him. Tell me where he is when you find him. They had all of this information as well. But you know what, guys? Just as the old Christmas cantata song says, wise men still seek him today. You know, and so that's what we're doing today is we are seeking the Lord. We, he is all, we won't find him as a baby in a manger. But he is coming again. And just like he came the first time, the ones who were wise, Daniel 11, that scripture there, that it's called the, um, it's a Hebrew word, I won't even try to butcher it, that they that know their God, Daniel 11, 33, 34, somewhere around in there, shall be strong and do, it's called the masculine, they shall be strong and do exploits. Though that is talking about, I challenge you to go read Daniel 11, it is talking about a people in the end time generation who are aware of the signs of the time. It's not just talk. Yes, it applies to us here today. It does. It applies to all of us. But it applies specifically to the time of the end. And it calls, the Bible says, over and over again. Jesus said that in Matthew 24 a couple of times. Let those who are wise understand. Let those who are wise. So this calls for not a flippant, passive casual study of scripture and you may be I know the old joke and I've said it myself and it's kind of funny whether you're pre-trib mid-trib post-trib you know whatever that most people say well I'm pan-trib what does that mean I just believe it all pan out right you know we say that but I'm telling that's funny that's funny however that probably will not go well for you you know what I mean I think it recalls for people to study. So this is God's revelation. The revelation of Jesus the Messiah, which God gave to him to show his servants. Who's he coming to show? Who, who, who's this to? This is a letter to his servants, the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to the servant John, who testified to the word of God. He saw everything. Jesus will be revealed to the whole world at his second coming, and this is how it will be. It will be, this is what this whole letter about, is about. Put it in a letter and address it to seven churches. Tell them what you see. This is a letter. Now, see, this is the scroll in the letter. 
Do y'all understand? You know what I mean? This is a letter about a scroll. This is a scroll about a scroll. It's an epistle, which is in a letter. Jesus wrote seven epistles, one epistle to seven addressees. One letter to seven addressees. And within the letter, there was a revelation about a scroll. See, I want you to really wrap your mind about what you're reading. It helps you that way to really look at it. And it's a, so when we have this, the letter starts out. It's this, we're in the salutation. Dear, but who is it dear here? Dear Ephesus. Dear, specifically, these are the servants. Specifically, dear Ephesus, the letter. And then there's a, there's, an admin, there's a bit of information for Ephesus exclusively. However, it's not just exclusive to Ephesus because what's it going to be done? It's going to be passed around and the whole letter is going to be read. How would you like to have your letter? You know what I mean? Dear Ephesus, you have lost your first love. They're reading that at Laodicea. They're reading that at Smyrna. They're reading that at Thyatira. They're reading that at Philadelphia. They're reading that every place. This is a letter about a scroll. So we start out. The letter starts out. This is a revelation from Jesus. God gave it to Jesus about how his second coming, his apocalypso, his revelation would be. And it's all going to come down to two revelations, y'all. Just two. The revelation of Jesus and the revelation of the Antichrist. And he will destroy him with the breath of his mouth. You think you can stop. This is what I don't get. I don't get this whole mentality of there's sort of this movement in the church, in the church world, that we're somehow going to stop the Antichrist. He's, God's allowing it. God gives the Antichrist power. What's he doing that for? He's going, come on. Come on. Let's get it. It's a revelation. See, Satan works undercover as a persuader. He roams about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. What is his greatest MO? Deception. How does he clothe his deception? As a, how does Paul say he clothes himself? He appears as a angel of light. He comes, he said, Satan appears as an angel of light. I mean, y'all all have encountered this. You met the man or the woman of your dreams. Oh, you're in love with the man or the woman of your dreams. However, she or he have a little fixing up to do. Like they've got a Spouse in tow. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. If being right means living without you, I'd rather be wrong than right. My mom and daddy say it's a shame. It's a downright disgrace. You know what I'm talking about? Angel of light. But you put in drugs there. Put drugs into the equation. I mean, 
It'll make you feel good. First one's free. Second one might be free too. Third, fourth one, that's on you. And you'll pay the last, you'll give up everything you own to get it. Yeah. So see how angel of light, it's the answer to all your questions. It solves your problems. He disguises himself in the garb of a truth that's actually deception clothed in what appears to be a momentary fix to a problem. But we all know the eagles got it right, desperado. Why don't you come down from your fences? You're losing all your highs and lows. Ain't it funny how the feeling goes away? Away, desperado. See what I mean? I mean, we've got, I mean, you've got the whole, all you got to do is turn on the radio and listen to something from the, you know, country genre or southern rock genre, and you've basically got the devil's M.O. in the, in the arts, but we're all just going, that's so right. Angel of light, deception. So the Lord is going to bring him out into the open and expose him for what he is. And the whole thing is going to come down to the people who are going to be evil who chose it are going to be evil. Here's the fact. Not everybody is going to be saved. It's just not happening. So many won't. That is because they want, they're so deceived. They're so connected to their flesh and how certain things make them feel. And they crave it. And they, they're blinded to the truth. You know them, don't you? We don't want to be them, do we? But we want to reach them, don't we? So here we are in the midst of this, this divine conflict that we share. Dear Ephesus, dear Smyrna, dear Pergamum, dear Thyatira, dear Sardis, dear Philadelphia, dear Laodicea. And each one has their own admonition, has their own exhortation, has their own correction, except for Philip. And a couple of them have no admonition. Other, I mean, no, have no um, exhortation. Couple, one of them has no, ad, uh, you can go find it all. And compare it all. One of them has no praise. And one of them has no, no false, no bad report. So you can see all of these. But they're all hearing it. And this is the letter. This whole thing, Revelation, is a letter about a? That's what it is. It's a letter. And what is the scroll? What happens when the scroll's unrolled? What does it do? It reveals... Jesus. This is the revelation of Jesus. It reveals Jesus. And who else does it reveal? The, there you go. See, in a nutshell. And then what also does it do when the Antichrist, what is the purpose of revealing the Antichrist? To do what? We bring him out in the open so we can see him, but there's more than that. It's just not a matter of us seeing him. What is, what's going to happen to him? He's going to be judged. Team Antichrist is going down. By Team Jesus. And that's all they'll be is Team Antichrist and Team Jesus. And so this is what it's going to come down to. It gets very black and white. The closer we go in, the gray starts to disappear. And the, the line of separation becomes very distinct. 
So as we look at these, these are actual churches in history. They are actual historical places. I mean, I was just in the Holy Land. We went to the city of Ephesus. I visited the church, the ruins of Ephesus and the sin or the church where this letter would have been read. I visited Patmos where John received the revelation. I walked into the cave where John supposedly laid and where the angel, there is a, I have a picture of it. There's a crack in the cave wall that goes all the way from one end to the other, a huge crack that goes all the way down where they believe that when the Lord spoke, in the, or it cracked that cave open. I mean, so, you know what? Patmos is a beautiful place. I'm like, John, it's not so bad. But it used to be a prisoner island of exile. So it's, it's a beautiful place to be. But probably he was there under hard times, right? Living in a cave. It wasn't the greatest. A dung, I don't, no, it didn't say that. That was Job. Job was sitting on a dung heap scraping his flesh. Yes. Right. Have you considered my servant Job? Right. Well, he is the accuser of the brethren. And it will say that in Revelation, the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. Now, what position, I'm asking you, does the does Satan, the adversary, Satan, Satan, the, it always usually has the Satan, the Satan, because the word Satan means adversary. It is a role. This is kind of hard for us to get, right? It's a job. Now, I know this may be a little difficult, but think of a prosecuting attorney. You know what I mean? He, what is the prosecute? What is the district attorney? The district attorney, what is he supposed to do? In, he's elected or she, what are they supposed to do? That if there is a crime committed, they are supposed to. Now, you may say, he may, he may steal, some, I don't know, it could be something. You, there are certain crimes you can't say, oh, I don't want to press charges. It's like, uh-uh, there's charges are coming. You don't get to say you want to press charges. This is a crime has been committed and a crime will be charged, right? That's the role of a district attorney. Because that way, in our society, there wouldn't be all this unbalanced because nothing's unfair now, right? So, there, you know, there wouldn't be, that way justice is served is the purpose. But, now, I'm not trying to create Satan. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying Satan is the dist- like a district attorney. Not saying that. What I am trying to get across is there's a, perp- there's a function. A function. You know what I mean? That Satan holds. And that is accuser. Now, you may say, that's, that's, that's twisted. That's weird. I don't understand it. You don't, you might not, you, you probably don't have the bandwidth to understand it like I don't. You know what I mean? We start acting like that a lot, don't we? And so we hear, because I mean, I hear it all the time. Someone say, I know what you're thinking. I mean, we've all done this. We've all been guilty of this. I know what you're thinking. And the next words out of your mouth are an accusation. How many of y'all do that or have done it? Never again, right? You know? Or you say, I know, no, we don't hear this often. I know what you're thinking. 
what? You think I'm beautiful and you like me a lot. We don't say that. Those two things don't go together, do they? We say, I know what you're thinking. You think I'm a blah, 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 dirty, rotten scoundrel, a lint licker, right? You think I'm no good. You, what do you do? You say, I know what you're thinking and I cast my accusing thoughts in your mouth and I project them back at myself. How many of y'all ever done that? And so what I say to people like that, and I just do it to their face because I find it slaps as the best in the face, is just to go, is just to go, I know what you're thinking, and they'll, because they do it to me all, people do it to me a lot. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I'm a this or that or the other. And I'll say, no, actually, I'm not thinking. Try not to think for me because that was an accusation, and you're acting like the accuser. Well, they're accusing. And who is the accuser? Please don't team up with accusation or slander. slander. Right, this is, see, so we have here, now Satan occupies a certain realm right now. The New Testament tells us of these realms. Can anybody think of a scripture that tells us of the realm that he occupies? This may be in my notes. You know how I do. I go all over the place. The God of this world, now working in the sons of disobedient, the prince of the power of the air, so, do we have that? So, he's the, our, our, um, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And the cat, you know, I can't even quote it now. Weapons of our warfare are not mighty. They are powerful in Christ to the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down of principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in high places. So, this is, do you see the domain of Satan right now? He's in his domain. And what is he doing? He's accusing. We see a glimpse of it in Job. Now, I don't understand this, guys. I don't. But all I can do is read the Bible and go, huh? Just like you. So the Satan, the Satan. I think it helps you if I put the the in front of it, doesn't it? The Satan went before the court of God, the divine council, the court of God. We see this language throughout Scripture. There is a divine council of God. And they the divine council convened and the Satan appeared before God and said, what have you, and he said, what have you been doing? And what did he say? He's going back and forth. We hear Peter pick up on this language. Satan goes about, the Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so, and God has the audacity to say, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. So we see this whole thing unfold, and there's a lot. We won't get off in Job. There's a lot to learn from the book of Job. But see, we're, that was at a place in time. Now, the Lord dealt with this world and with the spirit. See, different, different regions, geographical regions had different principalities. How do we know that? It says so, because when Daniel was praying for revelation about how long he was going to be in the, in how long Israel was going to be captive in Babylon, the angel Michael shows up. Is it Michael? No, it's Gabriel shows up, and he says, I sought out to give you the response as soon as you prayed, but I was detained for 21 days by the prince 
of Persia. This was not a natural prince, was it? But Michael, the archangel, came and fought, and I got through with the message. Michael is the prince of who? Israel. Daniel 12 tells us Michael, the archangel, the prince of Israel, will rise up in that day and fight. I mean, now this may be a little bit mind-blowing for you, but I don't know. I know you know this. There is a whole nother realm that is not of this natural realm, but impacts this natural realm. And so there is a whole dynamic going on. And there will be a... Re so there is a... There is a position. Now you're saying, no, no, Jesus raised above, and he, he did. He did. In Ephesians 1 and 2 tells us that specifically. He is seated above all, what, principalities and rulers of wickedness. And where are we seated? We are seated with him in Christ. So here's the deal. When you come to the Lord, you then have received the lordship of Jesus Christ, You've been seated in Christ. Where have you now been seated? Above the principalities and powers. You're like, wait, 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 wait. Why do I still have to struggle? Because you're still in the domain where the struggle goes on. It's like this. That Jesus has defeated principalities and powers. In the positional sense. And when we are in him, and he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples. It did not mean that there would not be controversy. It did not mean that there would not be struggle. It did not mean that there would not be tribulation. It meant that you are now empowered to engage the enemy from a spiritual place. And what did Jesus say? You henceforth, up until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. But I'm going to give you the nuclear weapon, if it, as it were, in the spirit. My name. In my name, cast out devils. In my name, heal the sick. In my name, raise the dead. In my name, proclaim the gospel. When I'm doing that, I am using the authority that is already conquered in heaven and is projected in the eschaton, eschaton means the end of the age, and I am utilizing that eschaton power, and I say, Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And he knows the authority that I possess. Problem with the church? They don't know the authority they possess. And they get it all wonky. And they start trying to, to wield this authority with lie, haphazard lives. They're trying to mix wickedness in. They're trying to create some reality in their life where they can live in known sin and, and degradation and wickedness and live however they want and claim a salvation that has no actual evidence in their life. That is another deception that's clothed in light. That I don't work. God doesn't work for me. I work for him. I work for him. I do what I do. I serve at the pleasure of the king, as so many people have said, right? And this is what it is. And this is why I don't have ownership of my own life. See, many times we want to claim ownership of our life and then also claim spiritual power. 
Right. We, we give up. The, see, who lays down his life? Picks it up. He who takes up his own cross and follows him finds this life. See what I mean? It's not, I'm going to hang on to my life and, and do what I want to do and live the way I want to live and also somehow also claim the name of Jesus. You're in deception. So that's where, this is what this whole, dear church, dear church. And that's why every single church is given a great opportunity in the form of a promise. And that they, in a future reality of overcoming. It's all about, you can overcome. You can overcome. If you repent, you can overcome. You can overcome. No, this is a letter to the church. This is not a what to do in case you miss the rapture document. We've messed up with that. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not here. There will be a rapture. See, the timing is where we all have different ideas, right? When will it occur? That what, this, what this book is, this is a letter about a scroll. When the scroll is opened, it brings about what? The revelation of Jesus and the revelation of the Antichrist and his system for the judgment of the Antichrist and his system. That's as, can I, that is as simple as it gets right there. And if you'll start from that simple place and not impregnate, so to speak, the, the book with all of your systems and you just let the clarity of the book unfold, it won't be nearly as confusing. When will the rapture be? I don't know. Yeah. And the book says, leave all thy Yes, very good. You don't just get to stay as you are, do you? So, what we do, so what this is not, this is not a book, it's not a letter to argue about the timing of the rapture or about what to do in case you miss the rapture. This is a book about the revelation of Jesus, the revelation of the Antichrist, and the judgment of the world system, the, which is the Antichrist system, and the actual beast who the Antichrist becomes. Become, it's a man. Some people say, is he part AI? I don't know. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. It could have all kinds of stuff. Who knows? I don't. I have no idea. See, that's where I don't want to get in this study is taking headlines and importing them in. You know what I mean? I think it just gets weird when we try to do that. And we start looking like kooks and spooky dookies. You know what I'm saying? Don't we? What's a spooky dookie? You know. You've met them. You'll know now. You're a spooky dookie. So here, here we look at. So this is what this is. It is what to expect. This is a letter about a scroll, and it is what to expect for the generation alive at the second coming of Jesus. There, who will be, there will be people on the ground when Jesus splits the sky. There will be people on the ground whenever he takes the scroll and pops the first seal. There, are y'all getting, y'all get excited about that? There will be people 
on the ground. I mean, how many of you have wished you could have lived and been one of the wise men who saw the baby laying in a manger? Or you were so, you get to, you could be a part of the generation that sees how these things unfold. We don't have to get it exactly right for it to happen because it's already going to happen the way it's going to happen. Isn't that exciting? So we say, Lord, come quickly. You know, fix all my mistakes when I taught it. I don't mean to give mistakes. I'm sure I do. You see what I'm saying? I just, I, I only give the revelation I have. Revelation 1-7 says, look, he is coming with clouds. Think about that. Look, he is, look, what's that mean? I have started thinking about this, coming with clouds. As I've studied this, see, I, th- this is what amazes me as I have started to come to the realization that see in my childish mind and the way I've always learned this, you know, it's just everything is like poof. Duh. It's sort of more fairy tale-ish, right? Ding, ding, and just poof, poof. Like somehow, you know, but I have I've started to I've started to take those fairy tale childish notions out that I had espoused along the way, and I've started to put this whole this end of the age, him coming with clouds, in a real time way he's going to work he's coming into this natural realm a breaking into this natural realm and so he's going to use time see this is what amazes me that the supernatural and the natural are going to begin to it's going to break in in a way that we are going to see right now the supernatural is there but what do we have trouble doing see it's breaking in He says, behold, it's breaking into the the sight realm. And so behold, look, he is coming with clouds and every eye shall see him. Matthew 24, 27 says, for just as the lightning, this is Jesus talking, Just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. If I am at my house, and some of you are, you live in Quinlan, or you live in Royce City, right? And if there's a big bolt of lightning, right? I'm going to go, man, that was right at my house. And you're going to come in in Royce City or wherever, Quinlan, you're going to say, it was just like right in my sky. We're going to see the same one. I was nearly struck by lightning. I haven't told you all this story, have I? I was walking home from the gym one night. I grew up in a little town, dirt roads, you know, gravel roads. And we were, me and a friend were walking home from the gym one night. And as we're walking along, it's a real eerie night, you know, where you have that the storm is gathering. It's super, yeah, real humid and it's calm, super duper calm. And we're just walking along. I was like 13. Two girls. You know how we are. You know, just talking, just chattering about everything, about everybody and about everything, you know. And out of nowhere, it happened in a flash, literally. It felt like the hair on my head was standing, like something like prickly feeling, right? And lightning struck so close to us, we were blinded by white light. And it knocked us to the ground. I mean, like Paul. Knocked out. I mean, we are in the ditch. And I mean, we are about this. I mean, you talk about that kind of a light show in your eyes. We can't. We're coming. I mean, 
We are scared now. We're gra- I mean, we're eating gravel and trying to pull ourselves up, and we're just trying to find our footing. And we are running, and you can't see for a second, right? And we're just still falling and hitting the road and falling and trying to get to her house. And, and we've got, and we're like, lightning had hit a transformer right beside us. And we had friends that were across town, and they said, that lightning struck so close, it felt like it struck us. I was like, no, it wasn't close to you as it was to me. <laughs> and so, but see, all over town, you know what I mean? They all saw, and they all felt like it was personal to them. That's how Jesus is coming back, as lightning in the sky. And you're going to see him, and you're going to see him. And, it's, you know what's, and here's the thing about it. I'm going to jump ahead. What happens before Christ returns is there's total darkness. The cosmic sign set the stage. The cosmic sign the first time was a star, a gentle little star leading them and shining over a manger, right? So sweet. Angels. There's angels and there's cosmic sign. It's going to be the same way again, y'all, but it's going to be a little more turned up. See, what he's going to do before he comes, the cosmic sign appears. The cosmic sign, we will get into this in this study. The cosmic sign is the moon goes dark. The sun won't shine. The stars are completely hidden from view. What have we just got on the earth? But what's, what is it created? What do you need for a lightning show to really get its desired effect? So every, so he's going to turn the lights. Before he comes back, before he comes back, he's turning off the lights. Because every eye is going to see him. And so he's going to turn. So it won't matter. It won't matter. Let's just think about this. Unpack this in real time. What do we have in the earth? Time zones. We have dip, So it can be day here. And what is it on the other side? In New Zealand, it's night. Or you know what I mean? We got different things going on. We're not even going to need, the sun's not even going to be needed for this. There is going to be a lightning show so amazing that it is, no matter where you're at in the hemisphere of the globe, the lights are going to be off on the earth. And you're going to see this. And here's what's going to be the ultimate message. Those of you who wouldn't listen, you're going to learn today. That's what he said. That's what I just read. That's country. That was redneck style. You know, it said, let the evildoers still do evil. Let the, you know, that's what that was is you wouldn't listen, you're going to learn. So that's what he's saying there. So here, and this is what he says, Daniel 7, 13. Behold, one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. And when he had said these things, they said and were looking on, and he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. In verse 11, and Jesus will come, the angel said, and Jesus will come in the same way you watched him go in the clouds. 1 Thessalonians 4.17, and after that, we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. See, there's your rapture. When does it happen? Well, it has some clues, and we're going to be looking at clues along the way as well, like our breadcrumbs, because we're going to let the text speak to us, aren't we? We're just going to let the text speak to us, and we're going to be 
we're going to be of the masculine, right? We're going to be of the wise who know how to discern the word, not just discern the times, but don't discern the word regarding his coming. And so then we move to chapters four and five. So John is told in Revelation one, he's like, okay, now it's time to begin. And here's how it's going to be. This is going to be the scene changes from John, take a note to the seven churches. He's like a scribe taking a note, right? He's the secretary to John. Come here and let's begin a movie. It's like a movie. And so let's begin a movie. Oh, yeah, this will be an interactive movie. But don't worry. Don't worry. I will pause the narrative and we'll talk about it. This is how Revelation is laid out. We'll talk about it. And so he's going to explain as the picture unfolds. John begins over and over and he'll say, then I saw, then I saw, then I saw. He's just, he's watching as you would do. Imagine you were watching a movie and what vernacular would you use? If you're coming back to a person who hasn't seen the movie or seen the vision, what would you say to that person? What would you know? You know they don't. You know they haven't seen it. How would you describe it? You would use those words over and over again. And then I saw. And then I saw. Isn't that what you would do? And you would tell me what you saw. You would say, and then I saw an angel coming with this. And then I saw. And then the angel came to me and said, let's go over here. And then he said this, and I saw. He told me, this is how you would, this is just a natural way to describe what you're seeing to someone who's not there. It's like a movie. Right. Good job. Mm -hmm. Yes, and they, they highlight things and they move it and they slow motion. And they tell you what they want you to. You've watched the whole thing, haven't you, the play? But you didn't see what they wanted you to see. Then they show you, look at this running back here. He was running. Look at the blockers. This blocker's coming in. You're like, oh, I, didn't, I just saw this whole, look like a big dog pile of people doing a bunch of crazy things that made no sense at all. But someone who understands the game... They show you all the different, yes, yeah, so that's good. Thank you, Andy. So there's a scroll. Now, as it begins, we're, we're at Revelation. I know I'm moving fast because we've got so much stuff to cover before this is said and done. Okay, four and five. We get a scene of heaven. Four and five are great. I want you all to read that and understand it. It's the throne of heaven. That, but see, why is it so important? It's important because we, what is this about? This is a letter about a that the scroll is going to be opened, and that's going to be the movie he's going to watch. And so we have to know, John, where did the scroll come from? So that's where we've got it. You would say, this is, this is so simple. So we have to get to the place to tell you, how am I going to believe this scroll is important? I need to know where the scroll came from. Did you dig it up in your backyard? Did you find it? Did your preacher's wife make it on our kitchen table? You know, y'all probably don't have a lot of confidence in this row, do you? Yeah, I mean, like this, you think, do y'all think this is the Revelation scroll? Y'all think this is some important scroll? No, it's made with scentsy candle wax. And I looked up Hebrew letters and I wrote them and I had this, I don't know if I had this floofy writing. And this is, this is like plasticky stuff, you know, like you cover a, and so I, and this is a, a dowel rod, and Mike put these in, and I painted it gold. How many of you, you know, there was a process. I made this to make it look like a scroll. But how many of you think, you're like, you, we're not going, oh, the, worship the scroll. <laughs> we're, 
why are you not impressed with my scroll? I mean, you're like, okay, that's a nice bit of DIYism, Andrea. That's great. But I did a good job, but y'all are not like thinking this is sacred, right? It's been laying in here and no one cares about the scroll because you know where it came from. Right? That's why we need to know where the scroll came from. And where did it come from? Let's look. Where did it come from? It's not in your notes. I'm off script. You just have to read that. We do other things. Okay. And there was a door standing open in heaven. And the four, okay, and in the middle, and the first creatures was like a lion and holy. And wherever the creatures went, worthy are you, Lord. Okay. And the four and twenty elders, and they fell down chanting. And the four and twenty elders. And I saw, five and one, and I saw in the right hand of the one sitting on the throne, a scroll. Who has the scroll? Nope. Think about it, y'all. God the Father has the scroll. Who gave the revelation to Jesus to give to the churches? Here we are. It's all. So the one seated on the throne, he saw a scroll in his hand written on the front and the back. These are important things. Sealed with seven seals. I also saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? No one on heaven or earth was worthy to open the scroll. And Johnny said, I began to weep loudly. I don't think we quite understand this. This was in, in Isaiah when it says, In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And, it says, and, I, and he said he saw the Lord, and he said, Woe is me, for I am undone. That word undone there means, it means like if you could imagine what you would feel like right now if you began to disintegrate. What would it feel like if right now you began to feel your actual physical body began to the molecule, on a molecular level, All of a sudden, I just want y'all just to imagine what that might feel like. Like all of a sudden, everything in your body feels like it's coming, you're coming apart at the seams. Like the molecules that hold your body together on a molecular, the cellular structure of your body is starting to disintegrate. And that's what Isaiah says. When he says, woe is me, this wasn't like, oh man, my be. My bad. I don't know what's going on. I just kind of feel bad about myself right now. Mm-mm. He's like, somebody has to change this, shift this. And he touched him and he puts him back together and he heals him in this situation. This is what John is feeling. When he says, who, who is worthy? No one was worthy to take the scroll. And then next week we're going to talk about, we're going to read Jeremiah 32. And we're going to find out what the scroll is. The scroll is the title deed to the earth. And then the only one who's worthy to open it is the kinsman redeemer. And so that becomes the the story, the letter written to the churches about the scroll that reveals Jesus and reveals the Antichrist for the end of the age when God pours out his judgment. And it's just that simple. And we, we as the people, or whoever, whoever's on the earth at that time, and we know there's plenty of people on the earth at that time because the revelation is full of people of heaven and of earth and how the two are interacting with, the, with each other and what's going on in each. The theater 
the theater of this drama is, is, is portrayed openly in the scroll in a geopolitical place, the theater. Where is it at? It's in the world, but where specifically? Geopolitical. Israel. That's it. See, that's what we have to, this is not to us. It's for us, but we have to let the we have to let the battle be where the battle is at, or else we start making up weird stories, and we start making we start making the Antichrist Barack Obama and the prostitute Kamala Harris and the and and um, the city I'm telling y'all the city of Babylon, New York City or New or or L A or this is not about America. It is. It involves America. And it involves Canada, and it involves Mexico, and it involves Haiti, and it involves the islands, and it involves everyone. But the sin in Alaska and everywhere. But it's central to the center of the earth. So that's what we'll look at, the scroll. All right. Goodbye. Thank you.